Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. So we've just been over the road at the Progressive Property Academy and... We have an amazing guest today. So one of our keynote speakers was very fabulous Gary Das. And it kind of dawned on us that this is a massive opportunity for you to learn because Gary was talking all things bridging finance. So the lending around bridging, which many people are scared of, or there's a lot of doubt or fear or concern around it. And actually what Gary did was completely simplify it, make it open to everyone, understanding what it is, why you can and should use it and the pitfalls that you should avoid. And this is a huge opportunity for you to learn. So he has very kindly agreed to come over to the studio and share it all for you as the listeners. So welcome to whatever this is, Gary Das. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So you were talking over the road around bridging finance. There were so many questions around it. There was definitely different viewpoints, you know, some anticipation of things going wrong, some fear and trepidation, but some people who are using it really, really well. And this, is, I suppose, is a really key point for you to notice that bridging finance is not something that you should just go into lightly and think that you can do, go and do yourself. So you do definitely want an expert holding your hand and kind of guiding you through. So... For those who don't yet know what bridging finance is, or they're the ones who are like head horror stories, what is it? Where is it relevant? What are the pitfalls to avoid? So the big thing we've seen in property investment is there's a lot of property trainers out there at the moment saying don't do bridging. And in some circumstances, they are correct. But to understand what bridging is, traditionally, you would get a mortgage on a property. But sometimes if you're buying an auction, you might need finance fast. Or if you're buying something that isn't habitable or even potentially mortgageable, maybe it hasn't got a kitchen or running water, which is two caveats or two things that you need in the criteria, then there are lenders who are out there and banks that are out there or financiers that are out there that will give you a short-term loan for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And they will basically lend you that money at 0 0.9, 1%, 1.5% per month and obviously caveating, I'm fully qualified, I'm regulated, so this doesn't constitute advice and all the jazz, just in case I get picked up on anything. <laughs> um, but you know, there is a percentage that you will pay monthly mm -hmm. and you will agree a period of time as to how long you're gonna borrow that money for. But the key thing with a bridge is how does the bank get the money back in the not too distant future? So as an example, Big example, we've got a client who's got a very big watch collection that's kept in a safe. And we had a client who was able to bridge and lend money against that watch collection nice. um, to then be able to go and do some additional finance and do some other deals, etc. Uh, on the basis that it was still kept in a safe and everything else. Because the worst case scenario is they can sell that watch collection and they are guaranteed to get their money back. Yeah. So whenever looking at a bridge, it's always about what's the exit? Is the, is the land going to stack up? Is the deal going to stack up? Is the property going to be big enough to pay it back? Mm. And that's why there's a lot of fear at the moment from a lot of property trainers, because if you buy something and you're buy, refurbing, refinance, you should use a bridge in that instance to get your refurb yeah. done so that you don't get mortgage blacklisted. But the challenge would be, if once you've done the refurb, the property is downvalued, you might not get enough back to pay your bridge. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the fear. So the deal has yeah. to stack up. 
And for reference for those, so there's a, a ton in there in what you've just said. One, how interesting that when we talk assets, so often people think you have to have a property with a shed load of equity or completely unencumbered, no mortgages. But here it was a watch collection yep. and there's a multitude of other things. So security in some way. Sometimes the security is given on the property itself. So if it's like a full purchase yep. of that particular property, but there are always alternatives and that's really important to note. Again, other things in there. So... One of the things that I'll always jump on when it comes to bridging finance, because it is horses for courses with the property, is that you talked about auction finance, so speed. Um, like motivated sellers who need to, you know, maybe facing repossession financial hardship so they can't wait the time frame for the mortgage or that there is another alternative, like it's not lettable or not habitable. So there's kind of certain instances where you'll use bridging rather than mortgages. So that's another key point. But although you mentioned, you know, some people are fearful of it, and I'm very much a believer in horses for courses, and I've only ever bridged once, but it was a really big bridge on a full portfolio. But the key, I think, there was we needed speed, we needed certainty, it was facing repossession. And it was having people who understand, because I've heard some horror stories around it, and they usually come around that, you know, we've... we've not really worked out the tail end figures, we've not planned for a worst case scenario, but to kind of put the minds of the listeners, the watchers, at ease... They do do something to kind of keep their security. So entry fees, exit fees, retained pro- retained um, cash flow at the back end or the front end, should I say. So can you explain a little bit sometimes what happens? Yeah, so one of the advantages of, of bridging is you have two options. You can pay an upfront fee uh, and then you might end up with no exit fees at the end. But one of the advantages of bridging is the fact that you don't typically pay anything monthly. So the bridger will turn around and say, right, we're gonna lend you X, but what we're gonna to add to that is six months worth of interest or 12 months worth of interest. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna add your fees on, and we're gonna add in the legals, and we're gonna add an exit fee, but none of that will be payable until you give us our money back. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is, and this is where the fear sort of kicks in, is that if they give you a 12 month bridge, as soon as you hit that 12 month point, you have to pay it back. Because if you go past that time scale, that's where you can end up paying quite a lot more and the charges and the fees really begin to mount up. Yeah. But we're finding at the moment that a lot of bridges are willing to rebridge mm-hmm. um, or willing to do other Extensions deals. Extensions or alternatives. Yeah. And one of the big things we spoke about over the road was that bridge to let scenario. Yeah. So it's like what you often find is people will get a bridging loan to do a refurb for six months and then will refinance after that six month period to pull the money back out or they might sell. But what there is, and there has been for a number of years, there's less lenders doing it currently, but it's still very much available. Mm-hmm. You bridge your property with, and you get the refinance from exactly the same lender. So right at the very outset, rather than it being evaluation at the outset and legal fees at the outset, and then when you come to refinance, valuation and legal fees again, with a bridge to let, you get the valuation and legal fees once, but you have to present them with what you're doing to the property yep. and what it looks like as a finished article. Mm-hmm. And they will say to you, okay, we'll lend you this much on the bridge and we will value the property once you've done it at this much. And that means that you're guaranteed to be able to repay the loan. Mm. Um, and it can obviously reduce your fees quite considerably in terms of what you pay. And the thing about this is, this is again, who you've got in your team, who is in your arsenal to be able to answer those questions. Because a lot of the time, and I've heard horror stories with bridges whereby people have taken a bridge and you mentioned a few things there, one time frame, yep. they take it for the time frame expected, not considering the back end refinance and who's going to be doing that, more legals, more valuations, etc., and the additional costs. 
Two, if they've made mistakes on it, it may be because they were unaware or uninformed, especially if they've gone and done it themselves, that the, you know, the interest is retained at the front end. So for argument's sake, they're getting a hundred thousand pounds bridge, but there's, I don't know, 16 grand of fees and they're not aware that those 16 grand of fees are being taken off the top. So now they're going to an auction, 16,000 pounds short. So again, knowing that, but that key element of the bridge to let product that not enough people talk about because not everyone who says they are a whole of market broker terminology that shouldn't really be used, but they say that, but they don't really know all of the different things that are out there. And I suppose for those who are fearful, whether they are training or whether they are the people utilizing them, is that there's an element of risk removed if you're using the same lender because they're saying this is what we're doing and we're going to refinance up the back end so i think that's really valuable for people to know that these things exist if i were to ask you kind of top three pitfalls or things to avoid or be wary of with with bridging what would you say i want to keep this short and concise for them Top three pitfalls with bridging. Uh, make sure the deal stacks up. Make mm-hmm. sure there's good comparables for the property on the back end is yep. really important. Um, as you mentioned as well, know that the loan to value that the lender gives you is going to be, say, 75%, but that has to include all the fees and the interest and everything added up on top. So a 75% could work out at 65 or even 63 that you might actually get as, as cash loan. So knowing the exact So knowing the figures. Getting. Um, and I just have a huge belief that finance first. So it's like the more you understand this stuff, you know, in property, the more you understand about the numbers and the finance side, the easier it is to then walk in with confidence to be able to do the deals. I think that's really, really beneficial. So um, if people are a little bit nervous about it, what's the best thing to do? Get in touch with someone who knows what they're doing. And obviously Gary knows what he's doing. Um, and if they are nervous about it, just understanding where the right fit is so types of properties if we just reiterate that your unmortgageable or non-habitable yeah what else it could be anything so oh, it could be anything key. this is another thing is you could have you could have money that's um tied up in current properties and maybe you've done an increased value in you know another property but you need to buy something else there is so many ways in which you can use bridging to mm-hmm. your advantage and you can bridge, as I say, against anything, as long as the lender's got a guarantee they're gonna get their money back. You know, effectively, land developments is basically a bridging loan. Yeah. It's just given another label for mm-hmm. the purposes of what they're utilizing it for. I suppose if we were to kind of finish on a real high and a positive in regards to this, we often think in terms of what we do, so I will think in terms of buy to let, buy, refurb, rent, refinance, but you yeah. mentioned land, you mentioned developments, you mentioned properties, it could be commercial, yeah. and it could be that you're utilising something completely unique as your guarantee on the other side, guarantee that they're going to pay out the other end on a bridge to let, yeah. or things like assets like watches, alternative properties than the one that they're bridging against, or even full portfolios if they've got a decent amount of equity. Yep. Yeah. Huge value for those of you who are listening. So I'm sure in just this short snippet of information from Gary, you have learned an awful amount. So if people want to learn some more from you, want to get in touch, what's the best way to do that? Uh, So I'm on every social media channel as Gary Das, uh, but I've been doing mortgages for 19 years uh, since 2003. I've got a team of 27 based all over the UK. If you Google active-mortgages.co.uk, then that will show you our award-winning brand and business where we can help you. So today we've just looked at bridging as a finance option, but we want to make sure that you have all the information you need. So we have compiled together a list of the 42 top tips by co-founder of Progressive Property, Mark Homer. So follow the link below if you would like to access the 42 top tips guide. That's all from us today and we will see you on the next one.